time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a Wednesday, Paul Matthews, our book-devouring monster, is in the studio. We've got to keep him on his leash with his muzzle. That's not a mask at all. <laughs> down, boy, down. All right. Uh, Sarah Morning. Lu- Sarah Louise Walsh is on board. Thank you, Sarah, for being here, because you, you sent a message earlier saying, I'm sorry I'm not going to be here again this week, a bit tired, a bit busy at home, but she's made it on the YouTube chat, I see. Hooray! Saying, I felt I needed to say this while you're on, Paul. I struggle to stay up and waiting for the story. Oh, um, I'm I, sorry we're on so late for you. Yeah, we'll try to do something about it, like shift the career closer I mean, to the UK. The somehow. good news is if you do fall asleep, I think all my stuff is on audio on demand mm. on the website, so you can listen back to my book segments anytime you like. Fantastic option, Sarah. Okay, so don't struggle through, like, if you've got something early tomorrow morning, we don't want to be responsible for you operating heavy yeah. machinery. But next week's book is going to be really good. Oh, fantastic. No, I'm not saying today's book is not, but next week's book is really special. Fantastic. We do have an interesting book today. I remember you previewing the title last week, but it didn't click yesterday. But we just randomly, me and Korean only, taught the word pyon. The formal yeah. word for poop, right? Yes. And, and it didn't come up in the lines of the drama, actually. It's just people were mispronouncing something. And Korean only was like, you be careful there because that means poop. And we are talking about a book with poop in the formal English sense today. Yes, we are. Just before that, though, Adrian's got on board. So whenever Ooh. I think of space, it reminds me of breaks. I don't know why, but it seems like everyone needs some space when they uh, haven't had something going easily. A break as in like a breakup or breaking of space I equipment? I need space, Peter. Ah, Give me some space. I see that sense of the word. Okay, uh, let's get back to today's book. A little refresher for anyone who didn't hear the title last week. It's called Land of Excrement, Bunji. It's by Nam Jung-hyun and it's translated by Jun Sung-hee. And um, this Saturday is an important day mm-hmm. for Korea. It's the 25th of June. Yes. Uh, as we say in Korean, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Um, it is the day when we commemorate the start of the Korean War, a tragic period in Korean history. Mm-hmm. So I brought in a story that connects us in a slightly unexpected way. We've got the strange ramblings of a man seemingly about to be blown up by American forces. Oh, Interesting. Does this take place in the time of the Korean War? No, this takes place two decades after. Oh, wow. Really intriguing. And an intriguing title as well. Land of Excrement Punji in Korean. Tell us a bit about the author Nam Jung-hyun. Okay. Yeah, he was born in Sosan in Chungcheongnam-do in mm-hmm. 1933. Uh, had a difficult childhood. He was sick for a lot of it. Um, he actually uh, first got inspired to be a writer when he was in hospital for tuberculosis. Oh. He was reading Alexandre Dumas's The Count of Monte Cristo, an incredible book. Wow. And that sort of made him go, yeah, I want to do this. Nice. He made his literary debut in 1958. He became really well known for his scathing satire on Korean society. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this story landed him in prison. Oh, dear. Um, After it was published in 1965, a North Korean journal 
republished it without his permission. Oh. And because of that, he spent two years in jail for having violated the anti-communist law. Oh, dear. That wasn't his own doing. He didn't try to do that. So no. Okay. And then in 1974, he served a second prison sentence when he uh, violated the presidential emergency ordinance number one. Oh, wow. But he kept on fighting through the dictatorship. He kept on writing. By the 90s, he was much more well-respected and revered for his work. Mm. He passed away quite recently in 2020. As far as I know, this is his only work translated into English. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a shocking story, but I think it's an important one to talk about, but to talk about it carefully and delicately. Oh, I'm really even more interested to find out what it's all about. And the translator, Chun Sung-yi, that name rings a bell. It does. Just a couple of weeks ago, we featured her talking about war with Slow Bullet, about oh, yes. that soldier who suffered because of his experience with chemical weapons in the mm. Vietnam War. We featured her a fair few times over the past few years, one of our regular translators. Uh, she translates from Korean to English and also from English to Korean. She's a scholar of Korean literature, but also she's a translator and she's a founding member of the Korean Women's Studies Institute. Great stuff. We can rely on her for a good translation. Where do we pick up the story? Set the scene for us. Uh, it's page one. Nothing oh. to set up. You've got to listen. Okay, here's how it begins. Mother, please don't tremble so much. You, you don't look good like that. Oh, you mean you're worried because I'm about to die? Jeez, you're such a worrywart. I, Mansu, am a third-generation descendant of Hongildong, let alone a descendant of Dangun. Do you think I'm going to stop breathing because of such a trivial thing? Stop worrying. People would laugh if they saw you. I don't think I'll go crazy or die as easily as you did, even if I was trapped in a worse situation than this. I just don't come from such stock, believe me. Of course, I'm not denying or trying to deny that I'm in a desperate situation right now. And I'm not trying to justify my situation, not at all. My life hangs by a thread, so to speak. And that's the reality I'm trapped in. Uh, nobody, however stupid, can possibly think I can survive my current plight only by human will and without divine intervention. As everybody knows very well, I'm in a very tight spot. Can you find even a tiny hole through which I can wiggle out? Come, look, look at that heavy weaponry. Those solemn guards, all the colossal firepower they've carefully assembled to pierce this fist-sized heart of mine. Around Mount Hangmi, where I'm hiding now, there are no less than 10,000 muzzles and missiles and brave officers and men of the X Division of the US Army, which boasts of having the most agile, precise and mobile of all American troops, flashing their eyes towards me with an overwhelming force capable of capturing even a god! Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City, 88.1 in Seogipu City, 101.9 in the Daejeong area. Arirang Radio. 
we've got a few people getting in touch with messages. Nikolai saying there is a lot to unpack there. There is. Interesting reading as well, like the tone, the background music as well. It kind of seems like the person's a bit hopeful at the same time as being in a very grave situation, it seems. Uh, yeah, it, he is in a very, a very odd situation. <laughs> uh, Benny's saying, wow, interesting scene to start up. Stacy's saying, this is so intense. And Tropic Girl... What a title. What the is going on here? Is he delirious, dying and seeing and hearing things that aren't there? He's certainly not all there, as it were. And I'd like to like to take this opportunity to make a formal apology uh-huh. to uh, Marina Sirtis and to Denny at the rest stop for not mentioning Deanna Troy, because I think Denny's really upset. He's, Who's Deanna Troy? She was the counsellor uh-huh. on the Enterprise. Oh, um, and. Denny, I wouldn't say he's crying, but he is looking very red-eyed and pointing an angry finger at Peter right now. Yes, a bent angry finger. That scares me even more. Oh, was she the one with, like, kind of curly hair? Yes! Yeah, see, I know them all. There you go, kind of curly hair. There we go. She was quite attractive. Anyway, anyhow, let's get on to this story. We admire her for her counselling skills, not her appearance. I think it helped very much as well that she was lovely. Uh, This is real, then? This person is faced with all these guns and armory in the book. Well, at the book, at the start of the book, we're not sure what's uh-huh. going on. He okay. says he, he's claiming it, but he's also claiming that he's descended from Hongildong and Dangun. Just like Denny claims he's from yeah. Hongildong. Yeah, and, and you can't believe that, can I you? I don't believe that for one second. So, it, so it, we're not sure it's an unreliable narrator. Okay. And he's talking to his dead mother. As he's oh. hiding out in this mountain. Oh, so that mother, she's not actually there with him. No, he, she's in, in heaven and he's he's talking to her up there. Uh-huh. And we get this rambling monologue. He's railing against Korean society. He's railing against the injustices that ordinary people face. And he imagines, I, I think, that <laughs> the Pentagon have sent a message across the airwaves to Korea condemning him, calling him a jerk, oh. saying he's nothing more than dirt for destroying an American soldier's family. Destroying an American soldier's family? We'll get to oh. what's going on in a little while. And uh-huh. he says that they're planning to blow up the mountain. They're going to use nuclear weapons, and it's happening in 20 minutes' time. Just for him? Yeah. Okay. So this is a very odd situation. Mm-hmm. Um. And he contemplates his own death, okay. but he's not ready to die. He's, he says, look, if, if Noah's Ark was here, I should be the first person to get on it, oh. or whatever rescue vessel it might be. He believes he deserves that. Yeah. And he's got a plan. He says to his mother, I'm going to use the magic of Hongildong to get out of here. Oh, wow. So, yes, very stable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very odd situation that mm. he's in. And he keeps on getting distracted by different things. So he suddenly starts looking at the sky and the nature and the trees and the mountain. Okay. And then he thinks about his past and he thinks about how hard done by he's been. Oh. Starts to pity himself. And he remembers an incident when he was only 12 years old, two decades ago. Mm-hmm. His mother was holding his younger sister, Buni, and telling him his father was going to come back now that Korea was liberated. Ah, so this... this is over. This is a little bit before the Korean War. This uh-huh. is a liberation in 1945. Okay. And his mother was so excited and she got washed and she got dressed up and she was ready to go meet his father at a welcome rally. Mm-hmm. But then when she came back, her clothes were torn mm. and there was a look of despair on her face and she was screaming oh, no. and shouting and hitting him and his sister and screaming about what had happened to her. What? She was raped by an American soldier, by a GI. What? And she didn't meet the husband? The father of the kids. No. 
And so then his thoughts again switches to buildings and other things. And oh. he's a very confused, very upset and very traumatized man. It's a little all over the place, but let's pick it up here with our second reading. I'm dizzy. Buildings. Look at the light, complexion faces of those buildings that are rising every day, trampling all over your grave and oppressing me. Doesn't your brain quiver? Are you asking me, you rascal, is this a time for you to be enjoying buildings? You're digressing. What? Are you reminding me there's only ten minutes remaining? Oh, it doesn't matter whether there's ten minutes or one minute left. Do you think I'll die then? Didn't I tell you that I could never die like this? Well, why do you keep talking nonsense? What do you think of me? I'm sad. Oh, you still haven't taken that radio receiver off your ear. No matter how long you hear, they will say the same thing over and over again. Are you saying that even so it would be good for me to listen to what they say? <laughs> well, wherever you're, you continue to care about your child, oh well, I'll listen to it, okay? Please look forward to it, citizens of the world. In ten minutes, in only ten minutes, a beautiful flash of light destroying filth will guide you to a rapturous public square. Please look. Look how miserable and cold the end of the criminal will be who raped the American soldier defending the freedom and prosperity of human beings. I mean his wife. Look. Enjoy. Filth should be swept away. The seed of evil should be eradicated. We invested no less than $300 million in this holy task of eradicating the seed of evil. Everyone, please see clearly and be a historical witness. Frontier TV, chosen by us, Pentagon authorities, will transmit live this historical scene of exploding a seed of evil through the Cosmos satellite all over the world. You accursed rapist. You wicked criminal who soiled the honor of America. The free people. Accept your divine punishment. Nonsense. They call me a rapist? Would you believe me if I told you that all those words are nonsense? No. Even if I did commit a rape for some unavoidable reason, why should I receive divine punishment? I might deserve that if a certain big-nosed fellow who raped and eventually led you to the other world also got divine punishment. That's the narrator again, not the narrator's mother. Like it's all talking. him. It's oh. all him talking. So, so what? <laughs> the American voice is him talking. It, it's got all mixed up here. He's being accused of raping somebody himself. This isn't talking about the rape of his mother here, right? Finally, the truth is starting to come out. Oh. Finally, we're getting towards his confession. <gasps> it's taken him a while to get here. Uh-huh. And he's had to tell us all these different little things and moments of his life. But it all culminates in this, stemming oh. from the trauma of his childhood, of seeing what his mother experienced. That's true, like yeah. in his memory at least, that, that led, his mum got raped. Yeah, okay. that led him to do something <gasps> truly awful. Oh, oh goodness. What, what happened? Well, at first he, he denies it. Okay. And then he admits that maybe, yes, it could have happened. <gasps> 
And then he tells his mother of what happened to him and his sister after she died. She, she's okay. She's died before, long, long before. Long before, okay. soon after that that awful assault on her. Uh-huh. Um, they had to go stay with their grandparents because their father never came back. Oh. He must have died. Okay. And then, as they grew up, Booney, his sister, eventually became the mistress of an American soldier. Oh dear. And he recalls the moment she told him, and how she begged for his forgiveness, and wept. And he wept, like a child, and called out for his mother. Obviously, lots of pain there with American forces and whatnot. And she's gone and become a mistress yeah, of and, her own volition. Yeah, and I have to say, we should point out that not all soldiers were like this. this of is course. A, this is a few rotten apples. Mm-hmm. But there were, there were isolated cases like these. Yeah. And this American soldier that she's now living with, and he's living with them, abuses her. Uh-huh. berates her, complains about her, compares her to his wife, and even beats her. Because oh, the soldier's obviously, I guess, here on his own, not yeah. with his wife's back in America. Goodness gracious. But then his wife, Jade, comes to Korea. She wants to visit her husband. Oh. And it's almost like a dream. And Mansu meets her, and he sort of makes an excuse and tells the GI, look, I'll, I'll take her on a tour of the countryside. Uh-huh. And he takes her to the top of Mount Hyangmi, And something happens there. And the wife manages to escape. Okay. And as she runs away, she looks just like his mother did all those years ago. So we can put two and two together. Yeah. And assume what happened, maybe taking some kind of revenge on her for many things. In his own mind, perhaps it was justified at the time, but then afterwards he sobers up in some way and realizes what he's done. And now he's been here. on the mountaintop for the past three days, hiding out. And there's only a minute until the bombs are going to explode. So this is in the aftermath of that situation, it seems. And he's waiting and expecting some kind of retribution. We don't yet know if this is all in his mind. We suspect maybe it is. We'll find out after the song break. Interesting story. Give us your reaction as well. Miss Braddock is saying the American, uh, the narrator is American, right? No, the the narrator is Mansu, right? Yeah, Korean. But at times the Pentagon is making announcements within his monologue. Uh-huh. But in his are they really or is it just him imagining it? Yeah, Hartley saying it kind of sounds like they're going to nuke him. Again, is this the dialogue, the monologue in his head? We'll have to find out. Radio. Mother, of course, in a minute, as soon as the inspection of the machinery is completed, as Pentagon authorities have declared to the world, this Mount Hyangmi will become a mass of flames, and its fragments will scatter like petals with a loud explosion. Maybe another nice high-rise will be built on the site afterwards to serve the overflowing appetites and sexual desires of foreigners. I'm not worried, however, this is the last moment. Now is the time to show them my true ability. I mean to rock their spirits back on their heels by delightfully reviving the enormous miracle carried out by Hong Gildong, my ancestor, for those who have heard only about the miracle of Jesus. Of course they will be embarrassed, Mother. Please applaud me then. Only ten seconds to go. Right. Now, I'll make a splendid new flag by tearing up my t a g u k patterned undershirt. Then I'll get in a cloud and cross the ocean. 
I'm planning to carefully stick this rapturous flag into the lustrous navels of women with milky skin. Women lying down on that great continent. Women that I appreciate. Believe me, mother, I'm not lying. <laughs> you still cannot believe me, trembling. What a pity. Look now. Please look at these bulging eyes of mine. Well, do I look like I'll die that easily? <laughs> Kay says, it sounds like he's completely now lost his mind. The past coming back to haunt him, maybe even the recent past, maybe recognition of his sins. I get that feeling. I'm assuming we don't see, like, an actual attack from American forces. Do we find out? Does this, is this where it ends? This is where it ends. That's it. And let's be honest, we know there's no nukes. Mm -hmm. There's no 10,000 guns pointing at him. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll get arrested. Mm. He's traumatized. Oh dear. And also he represents a career that has suddenly undergone a huge change. In that 20 years since he was 12, since the liberation of Korea in 1945, mm -hmm. when he was born, for the first 12 years, Korea was under Japanese occupation. Yeah. Then for five years, there was instability. Mm -hmm. Then for three years, there was the Korean War. <laughs> yeah. Then... For the next decade and a half, it was the rebuilding of Korea under the dictatorship of various military leaders. Mm -hmm. It was the end of the old life, the start of the new. He talks about buildings. Yeah. What we have to think about is at that time, um, people were living off the land. Most people were farmers or fishermen or whatever. And suddenly these new high rises. Gangnam. Mm -hmm. Gangnam didn't exist until the <laughs> 1970s. Sure. So... What we have is a man experiencing something he cannot comprehend and dealing with a trauma that is too much for his mind to cope with. Yeah, not just that change, that rapid change of regimes, but personal trauma through, if he's living in South Korea, what were deemed the heroes, right? The American forces. And that must have been so difficult to comprehend. Exactly. Oh. I'd, I'd, I've met... The, I'd, I, used to, I used to have a little book club with some artists, and one of them was um, the artist uh, Yoon Sok Nam. Uh -huh. a brilliant feminist artist, does mm. amazing sculptures and paintings. And she was telling me of her time um, at the end of the Korean War as a young girl in Seoul mm. and getting given chocolate by the American soldiers. Mm, yes. And how amazing and how brilliant that was. For many Koreans, the coming of the Americans was so important. Mm -hmm. they, they changed everything in terms of the liberation of Korea, in terms of mm, pushing the North back, pushing the Chinese and Russian forces back. Yeah. But at the same time, abuses of power can happen everywhere. Yes. And we're talking about one family mm -hmm. and the abuse of the mother in that one day and the abuse of his sister over days or weeks or perhaps months mm. led him to do the unthinkable. Yeah. It's, it's a critique of the changing of society. And also a critique of how difficult it is for people to accept that change. Mm -hmm. We're in a wonderful place now in 2022. But we have to remember that the generations that came before us, like, for example, your mother's generation, mm -hmm. how hard they had to work and how quickly they had to adapt to a brand new world, a brand new career. Absolutely. And, and this, like, I think is, is with everything. Everything is more complicated, right? It's not as simple as everyone on this side is a good guy. Everyone on that side is a bad guy. And like we said, when you were describing the author, he got locked up for this. Nikolai also saying it feels like there is this strong anti-American sentiment in here. And I, I don't know, the feeling that I get from it is maybe it's not being anti-American. It's just trying to shine a light on things like 
there were atrocities committed by even the good side, so to speak, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think it's good to face up to those things and just realize every situation is more complicated than you can imagine. Exactly. And what I love is that in 2022, we can talk about this story mm. and we can share this story on Anidang Radio. Yes. You don't have to agree with him. No. You can disagree. You can, you can say, I love it. I hate it. I think it's rubbish. I think it's brilliant. But the point is, we're allowed to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, the fact that this was republished without his permission by a yeah. North Korean journal that sent him to prison. Mm. We're living in very different times now. Yeah. So I, I believe in free speech. But I also believe that Korea... has changed so much and it's been a really difficult hundred years or so for the for the nation for the peninsula absolutely topsy-turvy i mean we, we talked about a piece of art i think it was maybe a film or an art installation about comfort women and comfort women not you know being taken to japanese forces but to american forces here in korea you know and yeah, yeah the fact that we can talk about that that's amazing But we do need to like, look at that as well. And I think there are still people who are wanting to bury those kind of stories and not have an open discussion about them. But yeah, American forces were taking advantage of that here. Not everyone, of course, and maybe not even the majority, but it did happen. And we've got to look at that pain and maybe try to work through it in an open way. Uh, absolutely. I mean, people were mentioning Good Morning Vietnam on the chat, mm. for example, which is another example of a great movie that deals with what happens when you get a load of American troops coming to another country, mm-hmm. not knowing the culture, not knowing the people, not knowing the language and what effect that they can have. Yeah. And as someone who comes from the UK, just like you, mm-hmm. we have to also admit our culpability when it comes to the empire. and the terrible things that were done under the empire. At the end of this day, this is a story of its moment. Mm -hmm. And this is a story of a man who is struggling against the future, Mm -hmm. who doesn't know how he can be a part of it. And I think for that, it's very important. And unfortunately, the the author Nam passed away in December 2020. Mm -hmm. He lived to a ripe old age. Yeah, he was born in the 30s, right? Yeah. Um, And last, uh, last December 2021, on December 18th, they had their first... memorial ceremony for the first anniversary of his death Mm -hmm. and um, lots of his peers and admirers came together and talked and said how pertinent his work was and how it has stood the test of time and we have to remember that it's only now that the Yongsan military base has been given back to Korea. Yes, yeah, in, in 2022, we're finally getting our hands back on it, yeah. right? Well, and we still have American troops here to protect Korea and, mm-hmm. uh, and East Asia in Pyeongtaek and so on. Sure. Um, North and South Korea remain divided. Mm. We're still at war. Officially, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the crazy thing. This Saturday, we will mark the start of the Korean War, but it has not officially ended. That's interesting, isn't it? 72 years later. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is... This is very pertinent to this time, and it's good to talk about it, and it's good to sort of dig up the difficult parts of history Hmm. so that we can make Korea a better place, and we can learn from these experiences. And I I have a great admiration for for Nam Jung-hyun, who at the time went against the tide Hmm. and spoke out about things that were difficult to hear about and were controversial. And he, like many brilliant authors and writers and activists, spent time in prison for being able to say what he thought. And again, I'll reiterate it, whether you agree or disagree, we have to respect the right to talk about our lives Mm -hmm. and to talk about it freely. And I love that in 2022, we can sit here and do that. Yes. Uh, Kay saying it's maybe a lesson about pain and wrongs. 
things you experienced in childhood can manifest into these bad habits, bitterness, etc., etc., in adulthood. Absolutely. This is a, as much a social satire as it is a story of mental health issues, mm. of how our childhoods and what happened to us traumatize us in the moment and how difficult it can be to get past that. Donna from New York, who's got a good background in career in its history, said the economic miracle was fueled in part by prostitution, a large part of the GMP. A sad story and can understand maybe the protagonist's mental instability. I think there was a lot of bitterness from like Korean men who knew that was happening as well yeah. at the time. And again, something so difficult to talk about. And like you said, you've got to respect Nam for bringing this story to the fore. And it's not very nice that the North were kind of using it against the South. Exactly. In that way. <laughs> the, 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 the thing is, everyone was culpable. Mm. Bad guys are everywhere, all yeah. over the world. Whatever side you look at, there are always rotten apples. Mm-hmm. But it's the job of a writer to point that out and point out the harm that those harmful people can do. But also, um, what an amazing piece of literature to have written all those years ago. Yeah, it's a brilliant reading, Paul, as ever. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thanks, as always, to Asia Publishers for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast. Thank you to Nam Jung-hyun for his brilliant story and to Jun Sung-hee for her translation next week. I'm so looking forward to it. It comes out tomorrow. (gasps) I've pre-ordered the book. Wow. I Want to Die. But I Want to Eat Topoki by Bek Sehi, translated by Anton Herr. That's going to be next week's book, and I can't wait to read it. What an interesting title, and we can always trust Anton's amazing translations. Paul, we'll see you next Wednesday. I'll see you then. Goodbye. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.